This is 128 Bits, a podcast about the most influential period of video games, what is known as the sixth generation, the Dreamcast, PS2, GameCube, and Xbox era. And on every episode, we will discuss one standout title from the generation and talk about its greatness, including its critical reception at the time, our favorite and least favorite things, its legacy, and what it would look like today. I'm your host, Rodrigo Nunez, and today I'm joined by Adrian and Joseph, and we're going to talk about arguably the most Western RPG of all time. Um, we're talking, of course, about Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So how are you guys today? How are you, Adrian? Excited. Yeah, this this is a big one for you. <laughs> uh, what about for- you? Formative. Formative. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Doing well. I think this is the longest one that we've, game that we've had to to cover. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's That's one of the things we're going to get into is just the absolute scale of the thing. Um, so let's get into the background of this game. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, aka Kator, which is what I'm going to be referring to it as the rest for the rest of this episode, is an RPG developed by BioWare and published by the now defunct LucasArts and released as a console exclusives for the Xbox on July 15th, 2003. And Kator would immediately become a weapon in the arsenal of all Xbox fanboys everywhere. Um, Development of the game started in the year 2000, shortly after Episode 1 was released, when LucasArts contacted BioWare about developing a game set in the Star Wars universe. LucasArts gave BioWare two options. They could set their game right before Episode 2 or 4,000 years before Episode 1. BioWare chose the second option because they thought this would give them way more creative freedom. But just think about that. How do you just think what would that game be like? And would it have made episode two better or worse? Oh, I think boy. better just because I'm i a huge Star Wars fan. That's the reason I'm actually on this. I was super envious as not having an Xbox of uh, <laughs> the people that did. Yeah. Um, usually the layers that they add, I find, add to the lore. Mm. And with how good this game is and the way it is, I think it could have added to it for sure. Yeah, but I mean, where does it go? I, I I don't want, like, I'm not interested in having a deep conversation with Jar Jar Binks or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly what they would do. Or I mean, granted, maybe the movie characters wouldn't come out, but I don't know. Just the fact that Jar Jar would exist would, uh, would rub me the wrong way. Um, You'd have to do some stealth missions with him. <laughs> uh, there's an escort mission. Um, but uh, yeah, in many ways, uh, Kator is an evolution of the previous Bioware Dungeons and Dragons based games. Uh, for example, the game features a fair amount of D&D elements, namely the alignment system, where depending on the actions or reactions to conversations the player takes, your, tar- your character can either go light side or dark side. And not to mention that there's three distinct character classes. Each class has different characteristics that allow for interactions with NPCs to go a variety of different ways and just have different dialogue options and all that stuff, depending on your stats um, in your character sheet, which is generally hidden from the player. But um, yeah, that whole D&D system is there. The combat is also based on the D&D system. Um, like it's, I think it's namely like the D20 system. However, mm-hmm. all the simulated dice rolling is hidden from the player. Uh, combat is round-based, but combatants attack and react at the same time. But if the player wants to, action can pause every certain number of actions, or the player can just turn that off so that the combat seems totally in real time. The way combat is presented is a big departure from previous Bioware games like Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, in that the battles in Kator are way more cinematic not just in terms of camera angles and graphics, but also the music is much, much better than previous games. However, there were times when the battle could just kind of happen. Um, at least in my playthrough, there was times where I was just like, oh, a battle is happening, and it I would just kind of let it go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and just kind of not really pick anything or change anything and just kind of watch. Um and this was especially true when players chose not to pause after a certain amount of turns where you could have like those uh, strategy sessions or whatever. I was just like, nah, just, just let it roll. Um, mm. The game looked good. That's another thing to highlight. Much better than previous Bioware games, but truthfully, it didn't look great, uh, especially when compared to other titles at the time and the animations were stiff at best. 
The reason for this, though, is because Kator's bulk of the resources it utilized were spent on AI and on dialogue scripting, and the game was absolutely massive in that regard. There's so many characters you can interact with and so many branches in dialogue that affect your alignment and unlock potential side quests that the player can literally spend hundreds of hours tracking these down and forego the actual quest of the game. The game also features companion characters that can join the player along the quest and each of them is completely deep and has all of these dialogue options and react differently to your alignment. Um, it's just really, really impressive the scope of of the interactions that Bioware put in this game. But going back to the companions, there's, for example, a Wookiee, a Twi'lek teenager, a Jedi, a gray Jedi, which I think is the first time they're introduced. That concept is introduced in, in a video game and the most famous meme character of the series an assassin droid HK 47. Yeah. There's, well, there's way more, but that's just some of the highlights. Um, the game is not just all point and click conversations though. There's also a fair number of puzzles sprinkled throughout the game and mini games like swoop racing, which is kind of like a less fun pod racing. There's uh, turret combat sequences when you're in space and another ship tries to um, intersect you. And Pazak, which is a card game that you could gamble on. It's kind of like blackjack, but you could spend a lot of time just gambling on Pazak. I don't know about y'all, but I never interact with any games card game. Really? Yeah. The or like one game... I did was the one from The Witcher, and I've only played card game. Yeah, from, Gwent. I yeah, I... I played my one required game of Gwent, never touch it again. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> yeah. It's just I'm not wired. I, I'm here for one thing. Why yeah. are you? <laughs> I spent a, a, a not insignificant amount of time playing uh, cards in Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't know if it's just because I like the dialogue or I like the setting or whatever, but I think that's the only game that I've really gotten into. I didn't get into this one. I did I. I haven't played the uh, the Witcher, but I know that even Gwent is like people play it outside of the game, right? You know, it's, yeah, it's it's own like game its own game now. now. Yeah, yeah, that's how I um, played it. Also, like um, retro arcade games within the uh, the other game mm. within like the main game. Yeah, kind of like in your main hub, there's like a retro game mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, for example, playing Cyberpunk, and there's like a a, a game I can play mm. like. I'm, I appreciate that it's there. I'm just <laughs> never going to touch it. Oh, I spent countless hours playing the NES games in the Animal Crossing um, uh, for GameCube. That's that's the one, like, Excite Bike. I never played Excite Bike on the NES, but I spent probably, <laughs> like, 80 hours playing Excite Bike on the NES the emulator. <laughs> the the one where it works is Animal Crossing, but that's because there are four games in the, actual, <laughs> in the game, and it's just a game about lounging around, doing whatever you want anyway. Yeah, but I, I guess, yeah. When I was playing this I, one, I didn't I'm play I'm the outlier Pizak. then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no Pazak app, at least uh, not that I know. Yeah. So maybe you're right in this <laughs> one. Uh, going into the story of the game, uh, the, the story was, I would say, fantastic. And it was handled with an absolute respect for the Star Wars universe that uh, f like few other games had. The game starts off with the player character waking up on a Republic ship which is under attack by Sith Lord Darth Malak. The player escapes the ship and lands on the planet below while Malak takes over the planet and enforces martial law as he searches for Jedi Knight Bastila Shan. The player is tasked with finding Bastilla and manages to find her just in time before Malak glasses the planet's surface. The player is taken to Dantooine to the Jedi Academy where the player is trained to become a Jedi despite being way too old to be in the Jedi Academy. That's never been a problem. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where have we seen this before? Oh, wait, we hadn't seen this it before, This is the first right? time it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, we hadn't seen this before. Uh, while training, you discover something called uh, Starforge, which is the source of Malak's military power. And to find the Starforge, the player goes on a quest across the universe for star maps. And this is a really cool aspect of it because you explore so many planets uh, from the Star Wars universe. Like you go from Tatooine to Kashyyyk, Dantooine, all of these places. You pick up skills and companions along the way until the player is captured by Darth Malak himself, who reveals the big twist in the game. And this game came out so long ago that I figure if you're listening to this, you love this game. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and reveal the twist. The player is actually Malak's Sith Master Darth Revan 
himself with amnesia. What? <laughs> yeah, the Jedi Council is using Revan, aka the player, as a puppet with Bastilla trying to control him to find the Starforge. And at this moment, all the little hints about Revan's real identity are revealed, especially the one about him being way too old to be in the Jedi Academy. And depending on the player's alignment, one of two things can happen after this moment. And uh, I won't reveal that because there's got to be something. But yeah, it's pretty cool that that there are multiple endings depending on your alignment. And I'm not sure there there is one canonical ending, but... Um, I mean, I think that's the problem with it and why it's not really canonized. Like there are Mm. aspects of it. And I was actually surprised going back how much like verbiage has made it into the, into the canon now. Yeah. But I think that's why it's hesitant to just full out make it canon. Mm. Yeah. Because I mean, depending on your alignment, like I said before, the whole game, every interaction you have, every dialogue option you have can either take you to the light or the dark side. And at this moment, the endings vary differently after this big reveal. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, Kator was a huge game in scope with huge, like massive dialogue options, branching everywhere, massive environments, um, a intricate battle system that if you wanted to go deep into it you could or if you wanted to just let it play out by itself like i did you could do that too um it explored parts of the star wars universe that we had not seen before and it gave voice to the voiceless like the wookies for the first time in a video game um yeah it just fleshed out the universe while at the same time showing how deep a game could be on this generation of consoles players could spend forever analyzing every possible dialogue branch and have fun or just go straight for the main quest and both would be fun and perhaps more importantly it launched bioware into a new era of post the dnd games and also gave the xbox a much needed hit um so yeah that i don't think i can cover how massive this game was of just because it you could spend forever and you could talk and you could just try and have fun with every character that you interacted. I saw a playthrough of people just literally walking up to every character they could and talking with them. That's not how I played, but if you wanted to, you could, and they made it so that you had unique interactions with each of them, right? Um, Which is very, very impressive, especially at this time. Yeah. Um, So going into the critical reception uh, for Kator, Kator was very well reviewed. It has a 94 Metacritic score, and that's out of 72 critic reviews, which makes it the fourth best Xbox reviewed game of all time. Um, It's in a tie for fourth best with Burnout 3, Ninja Gaiden Black, and Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, but still, it's very well reviewed. That's a list. Yeah, 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 yeah. the number one best-reviewed game on the Xbox of all time is, of course, Halo 1, uh, which has a 97 overall score. But but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very, very well-reviewed game. There's a lot of perfect scores for this game, but surprisingly, none of them were from the major gaming publications at the time. Uh, the biggest like publication that gave it a perfect score was G4TV, who says, quote, This is the most complete and all-encompassing Star Wars gaming experience yet. Thanks to the non-linear gameplay and extensive dialogue, you experience everything firsthand, and the RPG battles let you direct Star Wars-like cinema in a way that's impossible with other genres, end quote. Um, another website that gave it a perfect score is our good friends at 4fatchicks.com, aka taprepeatedly.com. They gave it a perfect score and said, quote, If ever there was the perfect bridge game for the adventure gamer wanting to cross over to RPGs, this is it. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic has a high questing to combat ratio, doesn't require much in the way of reflexology, and is adaptable to all manner of playing styles, end quote. And they gave it a gold star award, which is a perfect score, I guess. Um, <laughs> an- another little highlight there is that G4TV called it nonlinear, and then in the Tap Repeatedly review, which I read all of it, they call it a linear game, uh, so kind of like... And reflexology? Yeah, I guess they meant like reflexes not you know like uh responsiveness yeah like, I guess that's what, like, like twitch gaming or yeah. something um because yeah reflexology is something else that's why it's, i put it in there it requires a lot of strategy <laughs> <laughs> reflexology is zone therapy it's an alternative medicine involving the application <laughs> of spread of pressure to specific points on the feet and hands so hey, i mean man. I, right. They were playing it differently. They were playing it on a whole different level. <laughs> to be fair, you do not require a lot of pressure on your feet to play Kator <laughs> very, very well. 
but yeah, the, like I said, no high profile um, outlet gave it a perfect score, but they all gave it really good ones. For example, IGN gave it a 95, highlight, highlighted how this game is, quote, stronger with the force than any George Lucas powered movie that's come out in the last 20 years and lands on the Xbox as one of the very best title the system has to offer, end quote. Now, he's talking about any George Lucas-powered movie that's come out in the last 20 years. It, since 2003, I think that's only episode one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, that, I think if 2003, didn't Attack of the Clones come out 2002? Oh, yeah, it did. So yeah. it was in development I, I, before that. Yeah, it was in development before. Okay, but it came out. Mm-hmm after yeah. attack of the clones right yeah 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 which are the worst two of the right of the so I think, I think like two two times up at bat and then kotor happens like it's a it's a statement that is valid i feel yeah <laughs> yeah and initially i thought it was just episode one i was just gonna say just say the name episode one but i guess yeah those are two had to come out like the re-releases like the special editions that left a sour taste in people's mouth um, yeah. i don't know you can count those but Han shot first. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, EGM also gave it a 95 and again pointed out that it is better than episode one. Um, official Xbox ma magazine somehow arrived in the 94, uh, but said that the game is nothing short of breathtaking. GameSpy gave it a 94. And in his review, Raymond Silencer Padilla said, quote, Knights of the Old Republic is one of the finest and most enthralling games I've played this year. Star Wars fans, RPG fans, and those that fancy sexy Twi'leks must get this game, uh, end quote. And he also talks about how the graphics aren't great, especially when compared to other Xbox games. GamePro gave it a 4.5 fun factor, and in his review, Fennec Fox says, quote, After many tries, someone's managed to combine console and PC RPGs, two completely different genres, really, and create something that fans from both camps will love to bits. Bioware's efforts have been well worth the wait. Kator is required playing for Xbox owners and it's worth finishing twice to spot the differences between the light and dark stories. Yes, it's that good. End quote. So, yeah, overall, just highly praised. Everyone liked it. And everyone kept talking about this concept that I don't think exists anymore because now the line between PC and console games are is pretty blurred, right? Um, but there was this thing of like a PC RPG is purely based on Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, right. And it's like rolling dice and it's isometric and all these weird things. And a console RPG is Final Fantasy yeah. um, or whatever the Japanese are doing. And so like Kator was kind of this blend of the two. And it's about Star Wars, which is a purely Western uh, property, which is why I call it the most uh, Western RPG of all time or something like that. But um, yeah, I just I just think it's interesting because I had forgotten that that division between console and PC RPGs was a thing. And the Kator is that bridge between the two. In terms of like Game of the Year type awards, it won a total of 40 Game of the Year awards from all over the place, from like Gamer Magazine to like Edge Magazine and everything. Uh, so there's just way too many to list here. But IGN, IGN named it Xbox Game of the Year and overall Game of the Year in 2003 and even called it the third best game of the decade, uh, losing out to Shadow of the Colossus and Half-Life 2. Um, yeah, yeah, and at the Game Developers Choice Co uh, Awards, it also got Original Game Character of the Year for our buddy HK47. So overall, it was just very highly praised, very well received. They critically lauded it's just it, it was a hit critically that the xbox really sorely needed at this time going into the sales Kator sold pretty well for the xbox uh the first shipment sold out within four days which is roughly two hundred and fifty thousand units making it the fastest selling xbox game up until that point um which is i mean two hundred and fifty thousand units in four days that's really really impressive um in the following two weeks though it would only go on to sell 20,000 more copies, and by October, it went on to sell 600,000 copies. It wasn't one of the top-selling games of the year, though, according to the M NPD, uh, with Madden 04 being the top-selling game for 2003, and then Wind Waker, uh, Vice, what, yeah, Vice, Vice City, and Mario Kart Double Dash being up there, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's a big year for games. Kotor sold well, but it didn't sell that well. Uh, but still, Kator would go on to sell 1.3 million copies by 2006 and ended up on the greatest hits for the Xbox. So, yeah, overall, it was a hit. It's just, you know, um, 
the Xbox was being oversold by the PS2 by a lot. Uh, so, yeah. But I mean, almost everyone that I knew with an Xbox had this game, including Adrian, who is here. <laughs> Uh, now, a couple of behind the scenes and trivia. There was a lot of trivia for this game, but it was so specific to the game that I didn't want to include it here. Um, but I, th these are a couple of things that I found that I think are pretty interesting. Uh, Kator is actually the first Western-style RPG set in the Star Wars universe, which I kind of find hard to believe, considering that Star Wars has been around since the 70s and like PC RPGs have been around since the Commodore 64 <laughs> or whatever. Um, but yeah, this is the first rpg set in the star wars universe um which was pretty cool another really weird little thing is that the game has or offers up an alternate theory as to the original home planet of humans by having sand people a sand people historian remark on the player's similarity to the ancients of their people kidnapped by the rakata many years before implying that tatooine is in fact the planet on which humans originated joe what is, what's your take on this uh, I don't actually don't even know where humans have originated. I'm going through all the canon right now, so even yeah. I had to take a break while I was doing this because it was just too much Star, Wars, too many different Star Wars streams. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know where they even have them right now, so I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah, but this this game like kind of said, oh, some humans may have come from Tatooine, so that was pretty exciting. Um, another fun fact, or not so fun, is that development on this game seemed to have sucked for the people that worked on it. Meaning the crunch was serious. Uh, there's a book by Alex Kane from a series called Boss Fight Books, um, in which they talk about like the making of games and stuff like that. This book was released, I think, in 2017. I couldn't find a full copy of it anywhere, just like in Google Books, and I was reading through it. But there's this producer, uh, Mike Gallo, who says the following in the book, quote, I pretty much had no life outside of work. I remember my friends getting mad at me because I had to constantly cancel on them or just not even accept plans. I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. We're making a game. And back in those days, I didn't even care. I could work 12 or 16 hours every day and not even think about it, end quote. So yeah, that's 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 the mindset that these people had. Uh, looking back on it, they're like, that was pretty crazy. But at the time, um, that's how game development culture was, I guess. Yeah. Uh, was? Yeah, I mean, it still is. It's just... <laughs> Now more visible, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's always now been crazy. Scrutiny. Yeah, it's always been crazy. Kator is mostly non-official canon. Uh, so when Disney took over, the Expanded Universe became the Legends Universe, which is non-canonical, except for Darth Revan. In 2019, Darth Revan was mentioned in the book Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, the Visual Dictionary, and with that, adapted into the canon. So Revan is really the only thing that's canonical out of this entire book. Uh, not Bastilla. Uh, Zerp is too. I don't know if it's the same and if it's been around for 2,000 years because that's pretty hell of a corporation. Uh, but Zerkacorp is in the first book with uh, Obi-Wan and uh, or the second book with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Nice. So there you go, Zerka Revan is also Revan. in the Black series. They've released lightsaber and his toy. His His lightsaber? Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, all of this, they had to take something from Kotori. It was so, um, such a hit and so emblematic of the era and stuff like that. I'm, I'm glad they at least kept Revan. Um, and hopefully they add more as they go back towards it. Um, another little piece of trivia talking on that dialogue is that Kotori contains 300 different characters and 15,000 lines of speech. Uh, one complete copy of the Knights of the Old Republic script fills up 10 five-inch binders, according to voice department manager Derek O'Farrell, and it had a cast of around 100 voice actors. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the dialogue is such a big deal, and the options are so vast that it it's just daunting to me how much is in there. Uh, and, I'm, I mean, I'm glad they scripted all of that in there, but... That explains why so much of the resources are there because you need to have those ready, locked and loaded depending on what the player chooses. And there's not really any loading screens between conversations or anything like that. So uh, yeah, that's just huge and daunting. Uh, a last little bit of trivia is that the uh, assassin droid HK-47's name is based on, you guessed it, the AK-47 uh, gun. So that's mm. why he's so uh, witty or killer or whatever, <laughs> however you want to look at it. Um, so yeah, yeah the early 2000s was really uh, big on naming one of like a character 47 <laughs> uh, between this and Agent 47 from the Hitman yeah. games. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, did you guys find anything else, uh, trivia that you want to highlight from this game? No, not much. No, there was a, a storyline that Joe Lee was going by talking about a, a Jedi named Andor. And I just thought that, I wonder if that's uh, the name that they're with Cassian. There was like, there was a lot of things that I was saying like that, that mm. is just kind of, I wonder if they went back and they're just trying to pull stuff out the way, like a lot of people who did love this game and, and had mm. cited it. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what's pretty interesting too about this game is that they picked this setting because they were going to receive a lot less oversight from Lucas. And I read somewhere that it's just like, yeah, they pretty much let us do whatever we wanted. <laughs> we would send characters to the ranch for approval and it would just be like, yeah, that's cool. So I kind of, uh, I kind of like that. I kind of like that because nowadays Star Wars has all of these like lore protectors, right? Like uh, what's his name? Yeah, Pablo Hidalgo and all these guys. Yeah, the creative department. Yeah. So that didn't happen back then. And so now they're, a lot of them like this game. So they're kind of trying to incorporate it into, incorporate facets from it into the actual canon. And facets of it get incorporated without them perhaps knowing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, stop me if you heard of this um, from a, a most recent movie. A protagonist trying to find a star map <laughs> to the big bad place and ends up being revealed that uh, the, your protagonist is a secret dark person. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Katori did it first. Uh, it absolutely did. The, oh. the dead speak is a reference. <laughs> like, they're talking about Kotark. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the non-canon speaks <laughs> so I should have started um, but yeah alright let's get into our questions uh, because I suspect you guys got some takes about this so the first question is what is your favorite moment or thing about this game Adrian why don't you start us off I mean, it's no question it's in my uh, pajamas late at night with my headset on and the Darth Revan reveal happens and having that be like like a, a whoa moment yeah. um and like oh, i should have seen this coming there was <laughs> they i could see how they seeded it yeah. and even in the cinematic like they're referencing all this all the the things that was all the hints that they had laid previously yeah. um and it just being I think the context matters like this mm. coming out after attack of the clones, star Wars fans are predominantly like already disillusioned by Lucas and the world. Yeah. Um, like when Phantom Menace came out, like, Oh, that was strange. <laughs> that was not what I wanted per se. <laughs> um, but then once attack of the clones happens, like, okay, this is not going where I'm, this is yeah, not good. You and mean Natalie Portman's happens. Natalie Portman's exposed uh, abs weren't enough to write the franchise? That is oh, the no, one redeeming aspect of that. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it so Kotar to then happen yeah. and and have uh, a, a story that surprised and with like characters with side characters that felt meaningful and funny and interesting mm. compared to the side characters of uh the new trilogy yeah like it 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 paled in comparison and it it was it was the moment that i was wanting to have that i didn't have with the cinematic outings mm. i do think that's a great point in terms of like the context that it like it came right after episode two um and it started development right after episode one because star wars was in a rough shape in terms of like seriousness right um and to have Kotor, like even the way they handle droids is just so much differently than the way droids are handled in the movies. Like droids are dumb and all these other things. Whereas in the books, like you have like Jedi killer droids and all of these things that are like super intense. And and in the movies, they're just so dumb and weak and whatever. Uh, the only cool ones are the droidicas, right? The rolling ones. But then like you have this game where one of the s smartest or funniest characters is a droid. And just the way it's it's handled and respected um that's my it's, favorite that's my favorite thing about it it's specious it's also... so it do doesn't like people cause you like a meat bag mm, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did that first like uh they did in the solo movie too 
Yeah. Um, it also there's a side quest where like there's a droid at, that asks you to kill him because his master has like fascinated with him mm. and so it's cool that it, it takes on that aspect too because there's a lot of and there's been other writings about like the humanity in star wars and how droids and other species are taken too so it's cool that they did that in in this as well like they explored so much with this with this game that they didn't really even need to yeah i mean that's my favorite thing about this game is just the way they handled the star wars universe uh I've always liked Star Wars. I was heavily invested into the new Jedi uh, Order with the Yuuzhan Vong and Jason Solo and all those people at this time. Um, and this like this kind of added to that where I think at this point it started happening where Star Wars, you had to go to the supplemental material to get the good stuff because the movies weren't delivering. So like you had to go to the books and this is the like the first game that I think had that feeling where it's just like, oh, games are can expand the Star Wars universe in a meaningful way in that sense. And I didn't own it. I didn't have it. I only owned Kator 2, believe it or not. I don't know why. Um, but I remember just reading about it online and, and like reading the story and reading about the characters and seeing like gameplay clips and stuff like that and just really being into how the Star Wars universe was respected and presented above all. Um, but yeah, I never got into, I never got how much more meaningful it is given the context of the release, like when it happened right after episode two. Um, so Joe, what's what's your favorite moment or thing about this game? I can't really say the reveal because I didn't play it at the time, mm. uh, even though I do think that's probably the best thing about it. Uh, what I really liked was the the dialogue in it. Mm. the the mm -hmm. how the amount of it and the scope of it it didn't take me until like halfway through my playthrough maybe a quarter through my playthrough i was like man is that ed asner again like they really took some care into this and there was think about it now i mean as an audio person myself for them to have foregone some of the other stuff that a lot of games really leaned into like the like the graphics and other stuff mm. for like for the audio i i appreciate that mm. And it's really surprising that they that they actually did that. Yeah. I remember that being a thing where it's just like, this is an Xbox game. Xbox is the most powerful. Why does yeah. why are like why aren't the characters more detailed or whatever? It's like, dude, they have like a novel written on the background <laughs> for each of these characters and it's kind of loaded there at all times. Yeah. So yeah, and it's voice acted by actual actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was like I think one of my first um experiences with like a fully voiced world yeah. Mm. yeah and you know going back to that reveal that reveal was pretty cool i don't think i mean in the star wars universe that has to be the second coolest reveal or maybe even cooler than luke i am your father i don't know if that's sacrilege or whatever but i think because it reveals a lot more about the jedi that kind of shows how yeah bad they are at their job right just mm -hmm. I don't know if oh, it's just that they're willing to compromise even though that they don't they'd like like to it's kind of their secret that they don't really advertise out there. Yeah, that's 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 my big thing where it's just like it shows that the Jedi kind of suck at whatever it is they're trying to do. Um and Katora shows that early so it's just like of course they're going to screw up everything uh, somehow. A, a second favorite moment. You you meet these basically a Han Solo Chewbacca stand-in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you get on good terms with the, with, uh, the Wookiee and he gives you like a life debt or something like that. I remember him, him being like, yo, I'm, I'm, we're, we're pals now. Mm. And he's at some point, sold into slavery. yeah, like some, some, there's some dark stuff in there. Um, but when you turn, I, there's that one point where you make a save and then from there you can pivot like good side, dark side. So after I finished the light side, I went back, did the dark side. And uh, not everybody's super happy that you do dark side, um, <laughs> including your your Wookiee friend. And I remember having that turn and they turn on you mm. and having to kill my, my Wookiee friend after. And it was like a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Um, and... Like I imagine him feeling like uh, Padme and like uh, a Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I I mean that's the cool thing about those companion characters, right? That 
the world is the the world that they crafted is full of life and everything, but the companion characters are the bulk of that. And they do react differently depending on your light or dark side reactions. Like HK47 is always disappointed in you if you do something good, but it's really happy if you kill people. And uh, that's like funny and whatever. But yeah, you also get those deep ones, like that moment where you're crushing someone and you have to kill them and stuff like that. It's 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 intense how they put that all in the game. And yeah. your experience and my experience are different based on how we play it, which is also pretty cool. Going into the second question, what is the worst part of this game? I'm going to take this one first because I think the combat sucks. It's just not cool. It's janky and weird. And I kept getting, I don't know if it's the version I was running or whatever, but I would get stuck in weird running graphics and I wouldn't be able to break out. I had to like unplug the controller and plug it back in and stuff like that. Um, And there's this weird moment where it's just like, am I controlling this character or am I not? What's exactly happening I never really got the combat. It looked cool when you had lightsabers, but that's pretty much it. I I didn't like it. Maybe it's because I was playing it wrong and I sucked at it, but (laughs) I really, really didn't like the combat. Some of the animations look cool when you actually engage with other people, but yeah, it's it's weird. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can can see about the combat. It's kind of the Bioware combat 1.0. Yes, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything beyond that is they've iterated and built on it from like Jade Empire to the Mass Effects. Yeah. Like this is the ground floor um, that uh, they they built on, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it just everything was cool. The music was so cool, and then like my guy's just stuck in a running animation, and I'm like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's and I'm glad that there isn't like there is combat, but again, when I found out that I could just kind of let it play out and my guy wouldn't lose, I was just like, "All right, cool, you do your thing, bro. I'm gonna go get tea or something like that," um, which is a bad. It's objectively a bad thing. You don't want people checking out of aspects of your game, but yeah, to me, that's the worst part. Uh, what about you, Adrian? What's the worst part of the game for you? I was, between like the combat, but I always I think I was. I think it's just a disappointment that my character wasn't fully voiced. Mm. Mm. Um, and I know that's like a gargantuan ask yeah. uh, to them as well. Something that they um, addressed in Mass Effect. Uh, but I wanted more like buy-in into the world. Mm. Um, and I, perhaps a little bit more um, like when you turn dark side, it affects like the complexion of your skin and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted more of that as well. More of a Palpatine effect on you. Or like (laughs) make my, my ship spookier or something (laughs) like, do I have like scarier music that accompanies me? Mm. Yeah. That would have been cool. Um, yeah. If you go full dark side, I think it's funny that you're all like pale by game and Bestella's still like this will lead to the dark side if you do this decision and it's like <laughs> lady this guy looks patina he <laughs> <laughs> looks like walking death um yeah. what about you joe what's the worst part of the game for you uh i mean other than it being on xbox which was the one system that i didn't have in this generation uh it's ios port which is near unplayable the thing that i didn't like the most was kind of a contradiction to my previous answer was that there's only like six faces in there. So I know that you had to devote resources to all the audio, but like when you come up to a person who looks like the person that you just talked to, I'm like, wait, this is the same. Oh no, it's okay. It's a different person. Like, yeah. God they're... forbid if you want to play a person of color, then like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah then luck. you have one person. Yeah. <laughs> or if they're going to portray a person of color as their as their playable character, it's the same person. So yeah, that was my biggest, it was just the biggest detriment to to the experience for me. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's another one of those things where it's the limitations of what they were building at yeah. the time, um, where it all Just, went into on, the you voice. Gotta, I mean, I, I think we could have foregone maybe a couple of the end dialogues for another <laughs> three or four faces if they could have done that. <laughs> maybe, uh, I don't know. Put some of those side quests in part two. Yeah, no swoop racing. Uh, there's a solution. <laughs> um, but maybe yeah, I think... one on every single planet. Yeah, I think overall it's it's one of the things about it also is that it is that um, it's the first post D and D 
Bioware game. So it's a lot of like the initial everything yeah. that Bioware is doing. So it's kind of rough around the edges in a lot of ways. It's it's great in the story. It's great in the scope of the environments and things like that. But it is a lot of small things are overlooked like like that, like the, the combat animations or just the graphics overall when it comes to specific characters are kind of overlooked in, re- in that regard. Um, so third question, how did the game age? What parts of it age the best? Or the worst, aside from the graphics. Um, Adrian, what do you think? Um, I think it's aged fine. Yeah. But there's just been so much movement after KOTOR that um, it's always, I think, considered uh, kind of like the progenitor, like mm. uh, gram- Grandpa. <laughs> like, sure, Grandpa doesn't move very fast, but he's Grandpa. Because <laughs> uh, after this, so they, they made, like, an MMO yeah. um, that functions, like, very much on the same wavelength. Um, Did you play Star Wars Galaxies? I put in... Uh, it, it's nice... It was Swotor, I think. Yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, the Old Republic. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, that was it? Galaxy yeah. was before this. Really? Yeah. yeah. Galaxy oh, is like is like a EverQuest thing. Oh yeah. No wait. Galaxy. Yeah, it was on two thousand three. Also, I thought Galaxies was uh, Bioware all this time. No, 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 yeah. no. no, no. Yeah, Galaxies is from the EverQuest Sony people. Yeah. yeah Old Republic right. came out a few years after. Yeah. Even the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. After, yeah. After they got bought by EA, I think mm. Bioware got be- yes. bought by EA. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then. The, having the DNA run through um, through Mass Effect, um, but I, I think the industry at large, and, and perhaps Star Wars fans, look back on it with rose-colored glasses, perhaps. Mm. Um, and like since Kotor happened, there's always that like, are they going to make a Kotor movie? Yeah. Um, and then what's the uh, Lucasfilm said that they hired the the Game of Thrones bros and that they were going to do a KOTOR movie. And oh, that's that peaked. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. But like that piqued <laughs> everyone's interest at the moment. Like, oh, man. Um, is, is Darth Revan going to pull a Daenerys? <laughs> uh, but... Supposedly, Keanu's been cast as Revan, and that's they're still what? pushing towards that project, but... That's all hearsay, obviously. Listen, you don't put Keanu Reeves' face behind a mask, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what I thought when I saw that. I mean, it, unless you reveal it, which, yeah. yeah it's true. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, what about you, Joe? What do you think is, uh, the, how do you think this game aged? Yeah, just to go along with what Agent said, I think it aged well. It It did well for both Bioware. They went on to be mass effect and have an actual like people know the the studio name bioware which isn't the case for a lot of studios Mm. and then it also pushed star wars along so everybody still like i said cites it or a lot of the creators still cite it they're still pulling from it still going to keep pulling from it and Mm. i honestly think we're still gonna get a series at some point once they're done with the high republic they're gonna go back and explore this and use a lot of the aspects of this even some of the characters hmm. so um other than galaxy of heroes is a mobile game done by ea and mm-hmm. all of the characters are in that game mission oh. zalbar hk all of them almost i am pretty sure almost all of nihilus and all of them are in there so they're all canon technically they're just their role has yet to be actually laid out Ooh. cool uh for me i think i i think Bioware made the right choice in not investing so much in like character graphics and instead spending all that time into like all the dialogue options and the AI behind those. Because even now, like you look back at games from this era and most of them look like crap. Even the really best looking ones look like (laughs) crap. But even now that scope of dialogue when you're just going through every possible option is still very impressive. And it's still kind of daunting when you're just trying to get through it uh so i think that was like a very wise choice they made because that aged beautifully it's just like i i I would venture to say many most games that come out right now that have dialogue options are nowhere near as vast as 
Kator was, a game that came out in 2003. Um, so I, I think that investment on that and, you know, spending all of those hundreds of hours recording people and stuff like that was very smart. And it gives the game something that aged very, very well. Whereas its graphics, if they would have invested on that, wouldn't have aged very well, just simply because, you know, it's the Xbox. It's the Pentium 3 era of processors <laughs> and things like that. So yeah. uh, I think focusing on that made it so that the game aged very, very well because I played it just recently, like in the last month. And it's, yeah, I mean, I, I remember it looking as bad, even with like uh, ultra high quality or whatever, like it's still just very simple, but the text is still very impressive and I'm still having fun just going through conversations and things like that. Um, so overall, I think it's just, it aged very well because of the investment they put into the sound and into the AI of conversations and things like that more so than anything else. Um, but yeah, and, and that vision, like it, it's going to bring more players back. Like you're saying, yeah, I can go back and play some of these older games, but with, uh, with KOTOR, I can actually download it on steam and play it a few different ways to explore like different aspects of the story that they have in here with different companions and have different yeah. dialogues and different relationships with them each, in each playthrough. Yeah. I mean, as much as I liked HK, I, I, I always used the Jedi as companions. <laughs> that's, that's what I did. It's like, yeah, I, I want the lightsabers everywhere. Um, so moving on to our fourth question, what is the legacy of this game in gaming and maybe even culture at large? Um, what do you think, Joe? I think it did a lot to start laying the foundations of what RPGs would be like mm. with addition to, it led into mass effect and then into a lot of these other ones that we see with dialogue trees and stuff like that. Mm. I'm not a big player of these games because I am intimidated by them, to be honest with you. There's too <laughs> much games for, they're too, they're too much game for me and having a wife and child, I would have like lose them because I would bury myself in these games. <laughs> um, but like just kind of keeping track of them in gaming culture, I've, think we don't get a lot of the stuff that these games i don't think we get a lot of these games if kotar isn't as successful as it is and being that it was star wars led to it being more successful so yeah there, there was just like a perfect blend uh of elements in this game yeah what do you think adrian it it's the foundation for like contemporary western rpgs i feel yeah. um it the element of choice um, and having, even if it's an illusion, like A track and B track of having, yeah. giving player agency, um, for how they want their story told and having their actions be reflected into the world and characters around you mm. is like a design. There's a, a, a tweet that a, a, f a mutual friend of ours sent us of like common sayings you say from working at home. And I definitely put my hand up saying, oh, I do this one. So I'm going to do it right here. It, it's a paradigm shift <laughs> um, of how the industry would then take these big games. Yeah. Um, and it changed Bioware moving forward. Um, it got them the clout to try big things mm. um, to like double down and invest in, on Dragon Age mm. uh, to have like have them roll up their sleeves and say, okay, we're going to do KOTOR again, but on our terms with our own IP. Mm. Um, and that's Mass Effect. Yeah. Was Fable before or after this? That's what I was uh, looking at because that also had, that was huge on the alignment system. Yeah. Uh, but it was also one of those where it was like, yeah, you can, you're like going to murder everybody or you're like not. Like there wasn't really in between. Yeah, this came out in 2004, September 2004. Okay. Fable came out in 2004. So it came out at, Fable was after Kator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I remember after Kator, almost every game had an alignment system for a little bit. Yeah. Or it's just like, you can either go mean or happy or whatever. Right. It's just like Fable was a big one where it wasn't really fully fleshed out. It was just like, you can either have red eyes or brown eyes or something like that. It was just, um, <laughs> that is, I think, part of, of, of the legacy that Kator was so big that so many of its ideas leaked out to other games. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you totally, Adrian, that Bioware exists because of this game. Um, 
So I, I feel like they were in a weird space because they had the D&D license. So all of their games before this, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Neverwinter Nights, were all D&D based and like hardcore D&D based. And then Atari took the license from them. Um, so if this tanks, we don't get Mass Effect. We don't get Jade Empire. We don't get Dragon Age. We don't get Anthem even, right? It's just uh, maybe Anthem is EA's fault, but uh, we don't. Yeah, I think it's just if if Kotor tanks, Bioware ceases to exist, um, and so do Western RPGs because Bioware is the is the like them and Bethesda are the Western RPG people, right? But Bethesda is, is like it's not as heavily based on dialogue and those like huge branches and all of this world building around it and things like that 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 the Bioware games have. Um, and it's all because of Kotor. And it's also, I think another thing um, in terms of like Star Wars is that it it did give Star Wars some seriousness, even in like the non-nerd world, because I mean, it's one thing to to watch Star Wars movies. It's another thing to read like the new Jedi Order novels. Right. So that that jump from the movies to the books, which is where the extended universe lived. I feel is is too too like too big of a jump for most people yeah. but going to a video game is a little safer and the video game was deep and it had lore and it had characters and it had all these things so I feel like Kator made Star Wars people out of people who wouldn't usually go to the books maybe this kind of mm -hmm. led them there um and it was very, very important because there was no good Star Wars movies at the time. Um, I mean, that's a good point even for now. Like, you yeah. look at the TV series that they have, other than Mando, like the cartoon series that they had didn't get mm. much traction for a while. Mm. But then uh, Fallen Order comes out and everybody instantly loves it. Mm. And that character is one of the favorite characters of like the Star Wars universe now. Yeah, video games are always easier to consume for for people than than like the extended universe stuff or the, the, mm -hmm. so I think, I feel like this is very important and I feel like this is something that Lucas and even Disney now learned from. And that's why we get those games like fallen order, or we get, um, you know, star Wars squadrons and stuff like that, just to flesh out the universe more so than the movies, uh, yeah. but less than the books, because not too many people are going to go read a, a novel about Kip Fisto fighting a Jedi killer <laughs> droid and reference it for the rest of their lives. Like I do. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a big picture. Bioware exists because of these, uh, of this game and the Western RPG exists because of Bioware as it does today. So really, really important game. Um, fifth question. Is this the peak of anything, of any studios, of any generation, of any console, of any series? What do you think, Joseph? Uh, I definitely think it's peak Star Wars game. Like even from Fallen Order, Fallen mm. Order, I don't like some of the stuff in it because there's I, I have gripes with it that I won't get into here. But there, <laughs> this one, even with the combat being like wonky, kind of the way it is, I think the story and dialogue make up for it. Uh, and it just added so much to the it added most to the world, even if most of it's been uncanonized now. Like. It has so much cool. It's the most original game, I think, definitely going back to all of them, really. Uh, a peak Star Wars game, for sure. You consider it a better Star Wars game than Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron 2? I'm not saying experience, Star Wars experience. <laughs> peak Star Wars game, though. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. What do you think, Adrian? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's... Um, uh, Apex Mountain for uh, Star Wars games, <laughs> yeah, uh, complete package, yeah. um, but not Bioware. Like this is it, it's Grandpa. Yeah, While yeah. they have like a star athlete in in the in the family, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a confession to you guys. I've never played Mass Effect. Oh, I man. haven't either. I'm actually excited for the uh, yeah the remaster. Do the, do so the re-release. Yeah. I've never played it for the same reason that I was just like, wait, this is Kator, but bigger. I don't know if I can survive that. <laughs> um, for me, I think this is the peak. All three oh. games, also, that's going to be wild. And you're fleeced, and you can have your own, you can create your own terrible person. Oh, there you go. See, I always, I always start off the game pretending that I'm going to be good, 
but I always just end up doing mean stuff because then a character will annoy me or something like that, or I'll take my real life work problems into the game and just kind of like take it out on players. So I always end up being dark. So the um, powers are always so much better. It's too <laughs> yeah, force lightning is way cooler than uh, battle meditation or whatever it is that Bastilla does. Um, I think this is uh, the peak Star Wars game of this era, um, and I'm only saying that because. Even though Episode One Racer was released on the Dreamcast, it's technically oh, yeah, an N64 yeah, yeah. game. It's an N64 yeah. game, so I'm calling it the previous era. Just port it to the new era. Um, uh, but yeah, there were some great Star Wars games in this era. Uh, for example, Republic Commando. Do you guys remember that one? Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Republic Commando was really good. Well, like the Rogue Squadrons on the GameCube were really good. Jedi Starfighter on the PS2 was actually pretty good too. And then there was that um, Django Fett. Uh, game uh, cool. bounty hunter, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I think this is this Wait, is the Rod. You liking a a flight shooter like a, <laughs> a combat fighter? No, get out of here. No. Yeah, I believe I was probably one of twelve people that purchased or, or rented a Jedi Starfighter multiple times. But uh... a pre a pre order package of a <laughs> of a little rat tail that you can clip on. <laughs> Yeah, you say this is where the fun begins and you unlock a special character if you say it loud enough or something like that. They just call you at home from Best Buy and they're like, hey, just keep it. We'll just rerun it again. <laughs> no, I, I, I do think this is the best Star Wars game of the era, again, because of everything, because it just expands on the universe. It treats it with seriousness. It gives you that extra um, hit of Star Wars that the movies weren't providing. Um, and I was going to suggest Peak Bioware, just because of how important it is. But I think you're right, Adrian. It, it is grandpa while, you know, um, Mass Effect is over there winning the Heisman or whatever it is that it's doing. <laughs> um, but I mean, this is a great game. This is a, a, a foundational game, I think, for Bioware, for the Xbox, for Star Wars, for almost everyone that was for involved. Yeah, for the genre. It's just it's just a foundational game. And, and so much of the games that came afterwards built on this game. Um, and now our sixth and final question. How would this game work or look like in 2021? What do you think, Joseph? Uh, we're going to find out soon because Ubisoft's massive entertainment is working on an open world game, I think. Uh, so I wish I could just freeze myself until then. But I think it's just going to be the same. I mean, I unfortunately like to say the same, but the game is really good. We're going to see polished graphics, huge dialogue. Um yeah, it's. I just can't wait for it. Basically, I'm just kind of dreaming on it. And I can't really verbalize the hope that I'm putting into it. I got bad news for you, Joseph. You said Ubisoft. Uh, <laughs> 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 they haven't made a good game in a while. <laughs> yeah, I know, but oh man, I'm I'm on that Ubisoft trip. Like, uh, their their open world, like they can do it. Way of doing it is is something that. I secretly like put in a hundred hours of Valhalla this past year. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I did every single one of the new Assassin's Creeds. Like they definitely know how to do the dopamine trip. Yeah. Um, but if they can do that with l allowing me to uh, change out my armor and gear, then that is something that would definitely hit my dopamine buttons. I, th I think, well, maybe I'm just, I have a bad, I think the last Ubisoft game I enjoyed was Rayman, uh, the last Rayman, um, <laughs> but uh, I played, well, one's done I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which was done by who? The team that did The Division. Oh, um, yeah. I mean. And I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. The sequel, less good things about, but we'll we'll have to see. I'm just, I'm going to put hopes into it and, and be positive about it because there's nothing okay. I can do with it. So yeah. with that, this, you're probably going to do, if it's going to be like The Division, then like it's an open world, but the, an encounter will be like an instance that you can perhaps like network with other players elsewhere that it just grabs you, like kind of like Destiny. Yeah. And, and then puts you through like an instance there and have like a Jedi fight that way see destiny star wars sounds really cool to me um yeah that 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 can work but i mean i think they're gonna one. stay away i will i would i would suggest that they stay away from jedis 
mm-hmm. as like a main character and go back to we saw that they were gonna do that um it was like a bounty hunter like i forgot how yeah. it was remember does it was like success a of does the success of mandalorian like change yeah. everybody's calculus hmm. yeah yeah because imagine an open world game where you're playing as a bounty hunter <laughs> like everybody's stoked for it now given mandalorian and then halfway through your game, your uh, sidekick gets kicked off of the game because they're a horrible racist. <laughs> and then a senator jumps to their defense. <laughs> uh, I'm just being a hater just because, like I said, Ubisoft has... Uh, bring back Prince of Persia, Ubisoft, if you want me to <laughs> if you want me to cheer for you again, you bastards. Uh, Adrian, what do you think a Kator looks like in 2021? Yeah, as we're kind of talking about it, I'm kind of selling myself on that of uh, a Destiny-like uh, third-person thing mm. with uh, hella microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that perhaps is a little bit more towards um, Mando's side, just to offer, like, the verbs of the game is are, are going to either hit people with a sharp or heavy thing mm. or blast people. And at some point, it'll pivot and it'll have like its Darth Revan reveal, and like now you can Jedi stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna lose my wife and child with all the microtransactions <laughs> from this new game. Well, you spent seven dollars on a gold uh, lightsaber hilt. <laughs> at um, least I don't know. I kind of uh, I I know that it's open world is all the rage right now and multiplayer, or whatever. I I would hope that a 2021 Kator remains a single-player affair just because you can have a lot more control over the interactions of it. And the best part of Kator was the dialogue. It wasn't yeah. anything else. Like, I think if you if you get rid of that in favor of, like, a competent action game um, where you can, like, grind out your character to a better level, it's a good game, but I don't think it's the same thing. Uh, for me, it, it just looks like a visual novel more so than a game. Like I really want a fully fleshed out story, maybe not about a Jedi, maybe about, you know, the one thing that Kator touched on is that the Sith used to be like a race before they were the bad guys to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, so more of an exploration of other force sensitive races that aren't necessarily in that dynamic of like Jedi Sith or whatever. And a lot more conversations around, I guess I just want a, a Star Wars novel in a video game. Like like I said, that's a visual novel. That's what I want. Um, it probably wouldn't sell much. It's definitely not going to um, revolutionize anything or have anyone built on it. But I think the best aspect of Kotor was that, was the story and was the way it was presented in interactions with characters. So Destiny, Star Wars sounds really cool, but I don't know that that's Kotor 2021. Um, maybe Kotor 2021 is just, like same graphics and everything mm-hmm. same uh fight system and everything but just way more dialogue to the point where i'm spending you know 150 hours just clicking with this uh wookie about the economics of kashik or whatever <laughs> that's what i think i know it'll suck i like that's the one thing this is the first time that i think of what a new version of this game would be like and i objectively think it wouldn't be a good game necessarily but i would really enjoy to just click around and interact with the Star Wars universe a little more, which is what this game afforded me more so than than anything else. So with Lucasfilm being very particular about the story, mm. right? Like, would KOTOR 2021 be... Would it have its own Revan moment? Ooh. Or would everything be like a calculated risk Yeah, I don't that think... is very much massaged by... Uh, by Lucasfilm out in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't think it would. I think it would be something like the Mandalorian's reveal, where it's just like they could have brought in someone completely new and external and whatever, but instead they played it safe. Um, and also, I don't think Kator happens in 2021, where they just let a group of writers say like, hey, this happened 4,000 years before, go nuts. Yeah. I don't think that it happens now, which is, I, I think, uh, to the detriment of star wars as a whole um because they do have a lot more control on their ip in that regards now i don't think it happens i don't I don't think there is a revenue reveal in kator 2021 i think the reveal is uh look at han solo he showed up something like that 
Mm-hmm. I think there could be. I think it would just definitely be. It wouldn't be as be more uh, telegraphed. Looking back, this one was pretty heavily telegraphed. It though. is. Yeah, it is. Because uh, like, I knew the reveal going into it just because it spoiled to me. So I'm like, oh, man, they're related down. But like, even then, if it if it's a reveal, then clearly it wasn't as telegraphed as, as we feel going back. The one thing that Couture 2021 has to have, though, is no swoop racing, make it pod racing. That's If Couture 2021 brings back pod racing, then then that's fine with me. If Ubisoft pod racing? puts pod okay. racing in their Star Wars, then maybe they're fine. See, that swoop racing is kind of weird. If they do a mini game of swoop racing, like the swoops in uh, Shadows of the Empire, where they're more like the bikes, and it's like a mini game, that would be pretty cool. If there's Pazak in the 2021 game, I'm still not playing it. <laughs> it's going to be Sabak this time. It will get its own mini game. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I think we're, this is a good spot to leave off Kator. Um, really a, a huge game for the Xbox, a huge game for the generation, a foundational game. I think this is like a perfect game um, that ex- that shows why I wanted to talk about this whole generation because so many of the games here have are that line of demarcation between what feels old and what is the foundation for modern games. And I think Kator is a perfect one. Like you look at Bioware's games before and they feel old. You look at Bioware Bioware's games since and they feel like an evolution of Kator. And that's the, that's the case for so many games of this generation. Mm-hmm. Um and and Kator is just a perfect encapsulation of that. So yeah, thanks thanks for talking uh, with me about this game guys. I hope Uh, You had fun going down memory lane. And thank you for listening. Um, If you like this episode, share it with a friend. Leave us a review. um, And yeah, see you guys next time. Thanks. Relevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.